Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful guest is Misty LeBoy. We're going to be talking about that wonderful subject called self-love. How do you get to self-love and self-acceptance and radical honesty and spiritual? And, you know, we're going to be talking about that spiritual journey, plant-based medicine, living your truth, open marriage, ethical non-monogamy and self-confidence body image, you know, how it enriches your life, that exploration, that constant learning, and how some insights and questions could contribute to the conversation for you to have with yourself. And so we've got a lot to talk about here today, but who is Misty? She is a makeup artist, weight loss advisor, a self-love mentor. Her journey began as an art student selling cosmetics to put herself through college and, and to support her family. And along the way, she discovered her passion for helping women transform inside and out. Despite achieving success in her career, she struggled with weight until she found that diets don't work. Do you hear that, folks? Diets don't work, uh, but lifestyle changes do. This realization led her to uh, the top two in her company and a mission to help others shed pounds and gain confidence. However, her own journey towards self-love was most profound transformation in 20, uh, at all. In 2022, she hit a low point and embarked on a spiritual self-love journey, healing addiction, finding her inner fulfillment, and now she empowers women to discover the worth beyond appearances, as she did, and uh, to join in the embracing of self-love and manifesting the life of their wildest dreams. That journey to self-love is always one that you know can be a bit challenging to people because different people have different definitions of what self-love is and you know self-love is self-acceptance loving who you are for who you are and for all that you have to give not what somebody's expectation is on you so it, it can be a tricky journey can't it misty absolutely definitely one that i wish i would have started sooner but i'm very grateful that i am where i am now and, you know, that's the thing. Once once you know that, you know, oh, God, I could have done this earlier. You know, it's 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 OK. You know, they we're never too late. We're never too old. I don't care who you are, where you are, what age you are. We're never too late to to embrace that that change in life, because once we realize something isn't working, that's when we go seeking for something that could work instead. So you said you had that pivotal change, like you were doing well in your company, you're empowering people, but they came to a realization, hang on, hang on, where's my self-love? <laughs> what came about for you for that, for that realization? Yes. Um, so I, I felt like I was the good girl. I checked all the boxes 
you know, I, I graduated from college and I got married and bought a house and got married and had two kids. And I started the 2.2 and the yeah. picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> I had the dog too. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I had checked all the boxes and I got to that point in my life and I thought there's got to be more to this. And I was feeling very empty and very not satisfied. And unfortunately, I began to try to fill this void with unhealthy things, you know, alcohol didn't work and, and uh, retail therapy didn't work stuffing my feelings and and eat overeating didn't work. And I was just trying to find something that just made me happy. And I unfortunately was seeking externally. Mm -hmm. I was looking for my husband to make me happy and my kids to make me happy and my job to make me happy. And all these things that I was searching for externally were continuously falling short. And once the pandemic hit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it only got worse. And for, for me, you know, on the outside, I looked like I had it all together. My makeup's done. I lost 65 pounds. I'm in the best shape of my life at 46, but I looked in the mirror and I just wasn't happy deep down in my soul. And I thought maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'll never truly be happy. So I don't know if you, any of you out there can relate to that. um, (laughs) Who hasn't? Who hasn't? (laughs) Feeling very inadequate. And I just thought there's got to be more to life than this. Mm. And uh, a bad breakup kind of catapulted me into a very low point. And that was during the pandemic when, when many of us were struggling and, and at our low points. And, uh, I had to get myself some therapy. I had to get help and, and, you know, reach out and ask for help. And I started talking to a therapist and I started kind of recognizing that this is not who I want to be. You know, this is, there's got to be more to me. And I needed to get radically honest with myself. You know, when I looked in the mirror, I thought, you know, I, I think I'm attractive. I'm pretty. I like what I see in the mirror. But deep down, I didn't love myself. Deep down, I didn't accept myself. And when I say I had to get radically honest, I had to get honest about even the parts of me that I was hiding, you know, not just from social media, but also from, you know, those closest to me, my husband and my friends. And a friend encouraged me to try uh, plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was very open to it. And I had a wonderful spiritual experience. And it just led me down to this path of self love, all this love that I was pouring into this toxic relationship, I began then putting into myself. And I became a student of myself, I started Mm -hmm researching um, different personality types and learning about attachment styles and childhood trauma and why I am the way I am, you know, before I could fully accept myself and love myself, I needed to understand myself better and just start to own, you know, all the parts, the good, the bad, the ugly. I had to own it all. Mm. I, you know, I love, I love everything that you've just said, you know, the redirects and uh, why am I not enough for me? Right. And, and you're kind of busy trying to be enough for everybody else. And really the only person that counts is yourself because when you're enough for yourself. I was so worried about being judged by others, not realizing that I was the one judging the most. Yes. (laughs) And that's what we do is like, you know, it's a, we, we kind of keep people thinking that are judging us, which really is our reflection 
on our own judgment that they're picking yeah. up and mirroring back to us as right but why yeah. are we doing that because society especially social media but it hasn't you know it's been around long before social media came about of other people especially if it was rich versus poor or popular versus something else right there was this paralyzation of uh, you're not anything unless Unless right. you've got the rich husband or unless you've got the big house or unless you're driving that car, or unless you look this way. And it, we've done this division through time. And it's like, no, nobody benefits through that division at all. Is that why can't we see the essence of each other, the heart and soul of each other? Right. Yeah. When we see the heart of the person, we're seeing the truth of the person. And but we we get stuck on the exterior and we get stuck on what's around the person and how popular they're meant to be. And that's when we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves trying to live up to it, but we lose ourselves as a society because it's such, so empty. It's so empty. It doesn't feed anyone. I couldn't agree more with you. And I was just people pleasing so much yeah. that I lost myself. And, you know, I had to, when I got radically honest, I had to start saying yes to the things that brought me joy. And, and I had to set boundaries and say no to the things that didn't bring me joy. And, you know, I always tell people, even after losing 65 pounds, the best weight that I ever lost was the opinion of others. Yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that, that is immediate people around you, either like spouse or family, this or that, because it's always like, why haven't you? Why this or why that? And it's like, why don't you see me for who I am rather than for what you expect me to be? And we're so busy trying to be what everybody else has wanted to be. We've lost ourselves. And then we wonder why there's a disconnect and we're breaking down, right? Well, you know, you have this terminal, you're not the woman I married. Well, no, I would hope not because we're meant to evolve, right? <laughs> not to stay right. the same person. And if somebody doesn't celebrate that growth and support that growth within you, you know, wants you to stay the same, then that's something right there that's a red flag because you want people to say, I see you and I see all your possibilities. Because yes. then you start looking for those possibilities yourself because you know you've got other people that are there supporting it. Right. And, you know, sometimes so often we want to change other people mm. and mm. fix other people. And, you know, I know for a long time, my husband and I struggled with that. You know, I thought I'm not the problem. He is. Yes. You know, and he thought the same thing about me. And we right. were both so busy pointing fingers that mm -hmm. neither one of us was working on the best version of ourselves. Right. And once I started working on myself daily and, and started journaling, meditating, affirmations, I really just, I would spend at least one or two hours a day working on myself that he started to notice a change that he got inspired to work on himself. Mm -hmm. And now we have this beautiful open marriage and it's because we have this trust and communication and we're not trying to change each other or fix each other. We've both worked on ourselves. Yeah. There's a beautiful graphic of um, a man and woman facing each other and then there's a face facing out. And, you know, I've, I've put the words to it, that the strength is in you and in him and in us, right? Yeah. That us that when you come together as an us is only as strong as your individuals. And if you're strong in who you are as individuals, what you bring to the collective is beautiful, but it's not at the cost of your individual. Right. The us must never be the cost of it. It's where you complement each other. 
right? Not complete each other, complement each other. (laughs) And that together, because of each other's individual strength, you can collectively do so much uh, with that support of each other. But we're, we're taught that put a ring on it and have the house and the 2.2 kids and everything else that we're going to be happy and that that will complete us. And it's an empty promise because it doesn't. And, you know, I'm sure somewhere along the line, it was a way to get women to breed instead of go out and look for something else in life. (laughs) Nowadays, one doesn't have to get married. One doesn't have to have children. One doesn't have to even have the same partner all the time. You know, we are more flexible and who we are and how we show up in the world and we should we should instead of judging ask be inquiring more of why have you chosen that path or what you know who are you today because I need to get to know you now instead of who you were and be more inquisitive about each other yeah I love that And, you know, speaking of things being different and not having to do things the same way, um, you heard me mention that I have an open marriage Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was something that I struggled with from a very young age. I didn't believe in monogamy Mm -hmm. and I thought we aren't put on this earth to spend Mm -hmm. the rest of our lives as one person. I've met so many amazing people and I always felt so confined and wondered, why do I have to choose one person? You know, there were so many great people out there and, um, even after getting married and my husband knew my views on it, I still had so much shame around it and wasn't being true to myself that I, you know, put myself in this unhappy monogamous marriage. And, you know, that led to me cheating and I hated myself for Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Hated myself for that. Even though I was honest about it, you know, I just, the shame around monogamy and having to choose one partner and what will people think? Yes. What will people think? That's the big one, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, their thoughts are theirs. They're nothing to do with you and it's nothing to do with them. (laughs) No. And I kept it hidden for so long. And, you know, there's that saying, we're only as sick as our secrets. And after keeping these secrets for so many years, it was starting to chip away at my self-esteem and my confidence. And I felt like I was living a lie, living this double life. And you know, when I had this spiritual journey, I, I spoke to my husband about it. And I said, you know, I, I don't believe in monogamy and I want an open marriage. You know, I believe in polyamory, which is many loves. I believe we can be, be in love with more than one person. Love is an abundant resource. You know, we have it enough. It shows itself in many different ways, right? Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's the allowing it to show up, you know, maybe it's sexual, maybe it's just companionship, maybe it's something else, but it's allowing that love to show up. And the person that you've chosen to be your partner knows that no matter how you're sharing your love out there, you're coming back to root with right. the love that you have there. So it means that that whoever is on the other side of it, they've got to find their own inner strength to feel confident in who they are, that yes. no matter where you're sharing the love, home is where you'll come back to. Yes. Yeah. No matter how much love I go, give away, it never takes away from the love right. that I have for my husband. I think, you know, one, the more we share love in whatever which way, whether it's, you know, through other relationships or just, you know, sometimes you've got women that have best friends and, you know, or best friends with men that aren't sexual. Uh, and if, I'm, if a husband gets jealous, then it's like, no, you should be like 
your spouse, whatever side of it is, your spouse should be able to express themselves and find that connection in whatever way with other people, because all it does is it increases their abundance, increases yeah. their love abundance, which everybody benefits from. And if you are jealous, if you are insecure, that's your insecurity to deal with, right? Not the spouses. Obviously, there has to be an agreement that Absolutely. that's happening, open, openness. But it, it all comes down to self-esteem, self, you know, self-worth and, and self-love. And yeah. when you're there, then it's like, yes, whatever way, share the love. Yes. Absolutely. You hit it. You hit it right, right on. You know, a lot of times people say to me, oh, I don't know how your husband shares you. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't think of it as sharing me. He thinks, you know, I'm my own person. He doesn't own me. We're free to, to do as we please. But, you know, he, he has enough self-worth and self-confidence in himself that he knows that I'm coming back to him. And he, you know, he has confidence in our relationship and the strength of our relationship. Now, coming to children, how do you explain this to children? So I have two um, older boys that are in college. And um, we just a few years ago, you know, just shared with them that we have an open marriage. And they were at an age that, you know, they felt they were, they were like, Oh, that's fine, mom, that work, you know, whatever works for you. Um, where I have an 11 year old daughter and she's kind of grown up with it a little bit. Yeah. So that's her normal, you know? So, um, I remember my, my mom, when I first told her, you know, she, she, she said, I didn't raise you this way, <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you know, the shame, this was part of the shame cycle. Mm. And, you know, she said to me, what are you teaching your children? And mm. I said, I hope that I'm teaching them to be open-minded and not mm. just do what society tells you to do, yeah. to find what, what's right for you, what works for you. And I hope I'm teaching them to love. You know, it's rather like, you know, makeup, which I'm sure you've been in the makeup business long enough. The makeup should bring out the natural beauty and enhance the natural beauty of you. And it can be playful, colorful and all of that. But it's not there to mask who you are. Right. Right. So it's the same with the face that we show everybody. This is who I am. You may take me or leave me. That is your choice, your prerogative. But you don't have the right to judge me. Right. Right. It's try and understand. If you can't understand, it's just not in your realm of comprehension. Then just miss, wish me well and say goodbye. That's all. Yeah. Right. We, we like to make such a big deal out of things. That quite honestly, if we, you know, if we thought about it and said, well, could we? No, maybe not. But, you know, I, I respect the fact that she can and they can. And that they can still be together and, and love each other truly and honestly. And still be able to express themselves outside of that. And that really kind of really shows an incredible strength in a marriage. Yes, thank you. So it's up to each other. I think, you know, we look... I call it sensationalism, you know, like, you know, Fox News takes a pimple, makes it a volcanic eruption. And you look, you know, at the housewives of something and mm -hmm. they're always a train wreck. And there's somehow people love watching train wrecks. They love watching people crash and burn and things go up. And, and you know, people love to, somebody says something out of place or wearing something out of place or doing this and that. And immediately, you know, one moment they're, they're, these people are up on a pedestal, the next moment they're tearing them to shreds. Yeah. Now, that doesn't say anything about the person you're addressing. It says everything about yourself. 
Why are you so discontented with your own life that all you can do is tear someone else down? And when you realize that when people are judging you and have a problem with you, that it says more about them than it Mm -hmm. says about you, their opinion is not going to matter. You, you know, I really trained myself not to take anything personally because it really is their perception. Yes. Yes. And if they're open, then you can explain. It doesn't make it wrong. No, no, no. And if they're open to learning, then you can share the why. And if they're not, if those doors are closed, wish you well, goodbye, you know, and that's, it's okay to do that. This, you know, one size fits all, or we've got to please everybody. And we've got to be, you know, how many shades of foundation are there? Right? You know, We're mm-hmm. not all one color. We're not all one shade. We're not all one this or that. So, you know, it's, I think we've, choices in life you know and you this show's called choose positive living and you chose positive living and this was your way to live positively right Mm -hmm. um but right going back to where you started in the cosmetic industry and then kind of grew in that the pleasure of um of of making somebody up or giving them the right type of makeup and they feel good about themselves that's the payoff isn't it when somebody feels good about themselves they feel confident Right. But why is it that we like to help people feel confident, but we don't turn those eyes back on ourselves as well? How can I feel confident? Yes, I think sometimes it's it's easier to to do it for someone else than it is to do for ourselves. And especially as women, you know, we're taught to help other people and to put ourselves last. And a part of self-care is taking care of yourself. I tell my clients all the time, you know, it's like when that oxygen mask drops in the airplane. You have to put yours on first. You have Mm -hmm. to fill your cup first. And, you know, I didn't realize the importance of that until during the pandemic. That's another good thing that came out of it, you know, learning how important self-care is and that it's not just, you know, manicures and and bubble baths. It's Mm -hmm. really about setting boundaries for yourself and teaching people how to treat you. You know, I've heard that before, you know, you teach people how to treat you, but it, wasn't until I understood my self-worth that, that I understood what that meant, you know, not tolerating people treating yes. you any less. And they say that, you know, you, people will only treat you as bad as you treat yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why am I being treated this way? That. Well, I'm, my own boots are kicking me. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. Yes. And that's so very important for people to understand is that, you know, we're an algorithm, just like social media. Anything else out there, energy uh, will attract the same type of energy. If we keep attracting these negative people or people who are going to take, you know, abusers and users and all of that, you know, uh, then it's obviously something we're putting out that's being picked up. So we can't really blame them because that's the energy we're putting out. So that means we've got to raise ourselves up. That means, okay, where's the self-love? Where's the self-care? Where's the self-kindness? Yeah. Right, the self-acceptance. Instead of looking yourself, uh, uh, yourself up from the outside in, that you've got to be this. Look at yourself from the inside out. I don't have to be this. I am this, and I own it, and I love it. And you see it or you don't see it, and then you start seeing people treating you differently because they treat you in the light that you see yourself. But you got to go in. You got to go and do that work, right? You do. You really do. People talk about doing the work all the time. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't know what that meant, doing the work. What is doing the work? 
You know, I, I think I was just always trying to be a, a better person, but until I kind of really got into self-development and started to understand why I was the way I was, started to recognize the patterns, you know, then I could start being more self-aware mm-hmm. and noticing the things that I was attracting and noticing my part, you know, even in a toxic relationship, I couldn't just blame the other narcissist. And, you know, it wasn't all his fault. I had to own my part in it. I tolerated the mistreatment. I chose to stay in an abusive relationship. Mm. So, yeah. And, you know, yes, we like to quickly blame the narcissist. And yes, and I was married to one, but I I completely own that I gave him the boots to kick me with. He's the one that chose to put them on and do the kicking. Yeah. But I have to take ownership that I didn't put those boundaries out there, that I didn't give him a template on how to how to treat me. I was allowing him to dictate who I was. And as he chiseled and chiseled away, so did I. And it's only through blocking everything out and taking that journey of I've got to be more than this. I, I cannot be downtrodden like this. Surely, you know, there's more in me and, and being willing to look and be willing to take whatever the courses you need to take, be willing to get the coach, be willing to get someone that's going to help you out there. And then suddenly get into a level where you look at yourself and go, okay, no, how did I get down there? <laughs> I allowed someone to put me there because it boosted them up. Yeah. Right? I've now taken my own power back. And now I am here and they can either rise up to meet me or wish me well and say goodbye. Yes. And sometimes that's hard when you outgrow someone and you know that you have to say goodbye to someone that you do care about and that you do love, but you have to wish them well because, you know, it, it wasn't a healthy, loving environment. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't growing in that relationship. And, you know, unfortunately I did, I did have to end that. And I had a few friendships and the same way, Yes, you know, yes. The, the friendships just, there wasn't growth in them and not that I don't wish them well, but I choose to surround myself that people, you know, who are, who are growing and exactly. who are going to support my growth. It's easier when it's friends, but when it becomes family members. And one thing I had to learn with the family members is I had to distance myself while I was healing. But after that, I had to realize they're not going to see the whole of me because they're nowhere near that on their journey. But however, what channel can we communicate on that is good for both of us? Even if it's not the whole, it's a part of. And meet them there. Yeah. Right? And And that way, I'm not expecting them to see all of me. Why can't they see me? They can't because... They don't comprehend. (laughs) They're not there. They're still at another level. But you find an area where you can. And then it kind of rubs off them bit by bit. And they start to grow, right? So it doesn't mean you have to close your doors on everyone. But what you do have to, as you said, set your parameters of how you're going to interact. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I, I just yesterday, you know, we celebrated Thanksgiving and Um, I was a little nervous about spending so much time with my family Um, just because of my own energy. I wanted to protect my energy Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of toxic negativity. And, uh, you know, I told my husband, we're probably only going to be there for, you know, three hours at most. And, you know, just getting in conversations with people was just for me, it was like a game to try to get them to see the positive light in it or find the lesson in it or, 
you know, uh, remind them of how much energy they're spending on mm. something, mm-hmm. you know, so just kind of sprinkling little. <laughs> yeah, sprinkle dust, little sprinkle dust, planting the seeds, right? Those little seeds yeah. and how they grow is up to how they water and nurture them. But, you know, yeah. I always say that inspiration begets invitation. If they're yeah. inspired by who you've become, it's an invitation, even if it's subliminally, to go, well, is there something in me that I can address? Is there something in me that I can start nurturing? Like it's worked for her, you know, and kind of that willingness then, to, you know, because again, you're never going to find happiness on the outside. Right. Right. Momently stimulation, but never happiness, never joy. That comes from inside and it changes entirely how you see happiness and joy, doesn't it? entirely like happiness and joy used to be this what's happiness and joy for you now for me happiness and joy is helping other people transform yes you know it started out with makeup and and then I got into weight loss Mm. and I just love the before and after photos but for me my greatest personal transformation was my self-love journey and Mm. now you know as a self-love coach helping people see their worth and see their entire life change and empowering women who have been living in fear or living in the shadows of Mm. you know who they think they're supposed to be to me, that brings me joy. It's that illumination when you start seeing them light up, isn't it? And you see them in the discovery of self. Yes. And like, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I was that strong. I didn't know I had that ability or that courage. And as they step into it, more and more they become. It's such a ah moment, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, and then they're sharing their wins with yes. you. You know, like we, we work a lot on self-talk because I find a lot of my clients struggle with negative self-talk. Mm. So right from the beginning, you know, we start, um, you know, rewiring that those mm. thoughts. And, you know, I love it when they are catching themselves mm. now yeah. and, and rewiring it. So it's not just me catching them, you know, they're catching themselves. And, you know, it all starts with with that. Words have energy and, you know, it's yeah. like the thing with suffering. I think suffering is a choice. Struggle is inevitable because we always kind of struggle. But does the struggling have to be hard? Well, if your perspective that it's going to be hard, it will be. But how about looking at it as a challenge and you're up for the challenge? Yes. Change the way we energize things. And get, yeah. I'm in self-discovery. What am I going to discover today? I'm always <laughs> looking for the lesson. Yeah, yes. I'm always looking yes. for the lesson. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm here for a reason. Like this might be hard, but I, I have, must not have gotten a lesson the last time. So where's the lesson in this? And the lesson changes. That's the beauty of it. You know, like I'm 69 and I'm hoping to do this for the next 20 years, right? Who knows? As long as I can see and not blind, deaf and dumb, I will continue to do this. The oldest person I've interviewed was 92 and she's still got chutzpah and life about her. And I think it's all goes down to your attitude. You know, like some people, yes, they've had a rough beginning. They've had a rough life. But at what point do you look at it and go, I'm going to take what's happened to me to reveal my strength and my courage and my ability to rise beyond it. Or I'm going to use this as a victimhood and make everybody else pay for it. Right. I like to say, turn your mess into your message. Yes. Yes, exactly. And what is that message? I am so much more than what's happened to me. Yes. 
right? And we can be. That's the thing. It's it's again, it's choice. If you don't have that choice, then the you know the teacher won't appear. When when right. you say you know I'm I'm tired of being who I am or what's happening to me, I want to change. I want my life to change. That's the door starts cosmically opening and suddenly there is a teacher or somebody there in front of you that's going to take you to that next level they could be standing in front of you and you can't see them until you give yourself permission to see them yes it's exciting isn't it yeah it is exciting and it's exciting when they see when they finally see (laughs) with the ripple effect because, you know, they literally are rising up into a higher elevation of energy, a higher frequency that is measurable. Scientists are beginning to understand people that live in this higher elevation are resonating on a higher hertz. The higher you go, the more you're stepping into the love vibration. And in that love vibration, you can't knowingly hurt someone else to do so would be to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more people that live in that vibration, the more peace we're going to see in the world. Because what we want to do is ignite the love in each other. So every time you help somebody break through and discover this of themselves and they switch their own love on, then that love starts illuminating a path for someone else and that ripple effect and that ripple effect and that ripple effect is wonderful. (laughs) Yes, yes. Love is a drug. It's a drug that we should all be on. (laughs) Yes, yes. But, you know, it's got to come from the core. Yes. You know, the heart and the soul of you, the spirit of you. It love isn't this external thing. I'm just going to give you love because I like you. It's something that drives force right here, the the heart, the solar plex, and it's just something you are compelled to share. It's a yeah. driving force, an energy all of its own. And when you come from that compass, I think that's when you truly actually understand what life is about. Yes. And what love is about, you know, yes. I've always heard that saying, um, you can't love someone until you love yourself. And mm. I didn't know that I believed it. I didn't know yeah. that I believed it. And you aren't going to believe it until you truly love yourself. And then that person that you love, those people that you love, it's a whole different level. It's yes. not that you can't love them, but you can't love them wholly, fully, unconditionally the same way if you don't love yourself that way first. It's so no. true. How do you see life now on, on everything? I mean, you know, you thought you were doing okay. You had, you know, good career, this, that, the, the two-point kid, dog, etc. But yeah. now, you know, now that you're in your freedom of your own choice, your freedom of your own monogamy or not non-monogamy, um, the choice to, to love, the choice to be there for, to ignite the heart and soul in other people. That's another genre we should have put under is the heart and soul of other people. Um, to do that, where would you say, from a year ago to even now who are you right now (laughs) I am love (laughs) I am love I I really feel it deep in my bones and I want to lead with love I um you know I really am love and that's that's the frequency that I want to vibrate on most often and to me freedom and love are right there together because the more freedom that I have, the more that more love I have, mm. the more freedom I have, the more my love grows. And, you know, uh, even with my husband, you know, the more freedom he gave me, the more I fell in love with him, yeah. you yes. know, it was like I, the more he opened up and trusted me and communicated with me and, you know, let me be me. He, he truly loved me unconditionally enough to let me be me. 
it just made me love him even more. Yeah. Yes, because he felt secure, right? And that in the love that you have, that yeah. that 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 love would be there because we don't hold on to something when we squish it so hard that we squeeze the life out of it. Right? right? <laughs> you know, it's it's when something or someone comes to you freely out of their own choice, their own desire, and then you know you have the true love. But if yeah. you try and dictate what that love is, you won't do because I own you. <laughs> no, mate. That's attachment. That's not love. <laughs> That's exactly. That is not love. Oh, he loves me and he wouldn't do this if he didn't love me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any form of mental, physical abuse, darling, is not love. It is yes. not love. And when you love yourself and... You know, that's, you know, that's what my husband did when I asked for a divorce was, was um, he blamed somebody, a program I'd gone through. And he said that she took uh, the control I had over you away from me. And, <laughs> and that summed it right up. And I said, there, that right. sums it right up. This isn't a love marriage. It's a control marriage. And I cut the strings. And now the strings are cut. There is no attachment whatsoever. No going back. Right. Yeah. And you experience that freedom. Ah, yes. But that's the freedom I'm talking about. A lot of people throw this word freedom out there. And it's a political freedom. It's an angst freedom. It's me against you freedom. That's not freedom. It's like when you look at love and you look at peace, it is something that is fluid, forever in flow, doesn't have walls, doesn't have borders. It is freely given. It is freely received. And I think you know, we have these beautiful words that are very often misconstrued in other ways. And then other people look at that kind of freedom. You know, somebody righteously waving a flag, my freedom. And no, they're angry. How are they free? Right. You need to be free of your own emotions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't we? Yes. And, you know, we can get angry over things. You know, there's a the, anger is there for a reason. Spend it, not on somebody else, but, you know, spend it. Find an outlet for it. But try and understand why you're angry. And then try and empower yourself to what can I do about it. And there are external things happening in the world right now that we're very frustrated about, that we feel we can't do anything about. But I'm a firm believer that when you send loving white light, that love, to the people who need it, that sent on mass, they will feel it. Something yeah. will happen to shift the the tide, right? It's don't get caught up in what you can't do. Focus on what you can. And maybe you can't help people over there, but how about the person next to you? Yes, I agree. We can all raise our vibe collectively. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Could you imagine? What a cosmic world we'll be in right now. I mean, you've got a beautiful scene of space and the world behind you and everything. And it's like, when you look at space, it's just, it's abundant. It's absolutely abundant, filled with other universes and other worlds. And it just puts it in perspective that we're just a dot in this universe. And, you know, kind of get out of yourself, so to speak. Right. But also understand that this earth survives on all of our contributions, all of our participation, and all this anger and hate towards yourself or anyone else is shattering the world. And that we need to step into love to be that higher frequency that literally joins things together. Yes. 
but it starts with you. You have to love yourself first. <laughs> that, you know, there's, there's, I'm going to go and do good works and help other people. That's wonderful. It picks you up. It makes you feel good. But if you're still going home feeling lonely and, and detached or, you know, uh, unjoyful, then you haven't done the work on you. You know, thank you for, for sharing yourself. But how about you share yourself with yourself? Yes. So how do you help people through this program? How do you, when people say, I need help, they have to be free will, folks. You know, nobody can help you until you say you want the help. What's well, your process with them? And a lot of people don't don't realize that they need they yeah. need help. They don't realize that they that that it's self-love that's missing. You know, yeah. someone once said um they had a God-sized hole. And I resonated mm. with that because I had this emptiness mm. inside yes. that, like I said, I tried to fill with everything else. But it wasn't until I filled it with self-love that I realized nothing else could have filled that hole. Yeah. Besides yeah. with self-love. And, um, you know, you, you may like what you see in the mirror and think that you love yourself. But if you're still people pleasing and you're not being true to yourself, if you're <sighs> dimming your light down or dulling your sparkle or playing small, you know, you're not truly loving yourself and you're, you're actually abandoning yourself. Mm -hmm. And I help women to remember who they are because, you know, we, we have to go back to who we are and who we were when we were born, we were born worthy yeah. and we didn't lose our worth as we got older. We just got programmed to believe that we weren't worthy, but we are still worthy just as we are. You don't need to do anything to earn someone's love. You are already worthy of love. And, you know, I help women remember that I help remember, remember their power and their, that they are love, that they are made of love. We are all made of love and that they deserve love too. So, um, you know, again, going back to self-talk, we work a lot on self-talk because if you wouldn't say it to your children, if you wouldn't say it yes. to your best friend, mm. you know, you can't say it to yourself. Uh, we work on self-forgiveness is mm. huge. Yes. Um, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And when we know better, we do better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, never look back on, on your past because you've learned from it. You've grown from it and you are not the same person as you were then. And you're constantly growing and evolving and you need to forgive yourself for your past in order to fully love and accept yourself, you know, forgive yourself and fully accept yourself. And uh, I have a 12 week program that I take women through um, all the different aspects of self-love. Yeah, we have a self-love blueprint that we follow. And, um, you know, if you're not sure if self-love is for you, you know, if you need help with that area, I have a free quiz on my website and you it, it'll tell you your love lock what's keeping <laughs> you blocked from fully loving yourself. Mm -hmm. So it'll give you some great tips and insight on to how you can better um, enjoy your own self-love journey. I love that love lack, right? You know, I mean, you generally find the people that lack the most self-love are the ones that are giving it away to everyone else, right? Yes. You know, and it's, uh, well, why I'm sharing love with everyone. Well, how about sharing it with yourself? Are you fortifying yourself? You can't keep on giving what you don't have inside. If you're not nurturing and fulfilling inside, you know, we want you to be so full of love that your cup runneth over. Right. Yes. But love like that's really cool. I like that because uh, we're not taught 
to love ourselves. We're not taught to see the value in ourselves. We're not taught to think that we have so many possibilities and, and there's so many things that we could do uh, if we choose to. We're taught to obey. We're taught to think less than ourselves, that somebody else is always more superior, especially men. And we're, you know, we're, we're suppressed. And that's in our DNA. It's, you know, uh, the lives of your family, DNA, your ancestors, but it's also past life. It's everything that's been instilled you, the life that's around you. you got to break that mold. And uh, sometimes it can be a nice push button and because, you know, you've done the work to get that far. But sometimes you've got to take the, you know, what do they do when they the drill on the road? <laughs> yeah. You've got to do that. But I think it starts off with the willingness, as you said, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm willing to learn. Yes. Yes. And self-love isn't selfish. Self-care no. isn't selfish. No. And we were, I remember when I was young, I would get in trouble for looking in the mirror too long, you know, because that was prideful and that was, yes. you know, vain. you're going to be vain. conceited. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, there, there are people that do look in the mirror too much. I was at an event a little while ago and this young man is talking. He's just launched his own business, et cetera, et cetera. And there's somebody while he's doing that in the mirror, you know, sprucing yourself up. And I said, that doesn't speak to your confidence. However you think everything is in place, it shows me your lack. Doesn't yeah. show me your abundance. And I'm not saying that we can't go and correct makeup and this and that is the hair in place. Yes, that's just part of how we want to represent ourselves. But when it becomes something that your the way you dress your makeup and your hair, everything being precise because an image you're trying to portray, then people are seeing the image. They're not seeing you. Where right. are you beyond all that? Yeah. And, and you know, we I know we wanted to touch about um, self-confidence and, and body image. And yes. I know... I know a lot of women struggle with, with self-confidence and body image. And I will tell you that you cannot hate yourself thin. No. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but you right. can lovingly help yourself lose the weight. You really can. And, and make it a lifestyle. Um, I do help women lose weight. I lost 65 pounds and I've been able to keep it off for eight years, wow. not because I follow, follow a diet, but mm -hmm. because it's part of my lifestyle. I haven't even been on the scale in probably about a year now. It's been great. When I look back and I think I spent 30 some years of my life dieting, yes. <laughs> trying to lose weight because I hated the body that I was in. Mm -hmm. And that struggle, you know, realizing then when I would look back at pictures of myself from when I was younger and think I wasn't even heavy then. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, again, that is that societal condition that can only love you if you look like that or look like so-and-so, right. right? And uh, believe me, um, most certainly I have been through that in my life because I think body image was really relevant, uh, you know, around me growing up. And I've always been curvy. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty curvy now. And then there's this something that happens to you as you get older, your boobs keep on growing and so <laughs> they get bigger and bigger. And so, you know, the, suddenly you're looking at a picture and you look like you're all boob. But and it's we get rounder and softer as we get older. I've got friends that are older than me. She can wear a bikini. She looks fantastic. But she's always been that kind of body shape and trim and athletic. I haven't. So don't compare. I was as much as that. I'd love to have her body, it's not. That's her body. She's got it. 
I've got the squishy grandmother body, right? And it's it is the way it is. It's curly, and and the at some point we've got to stop thinking. Well, you know, I should be this, or I should be thin, or I've got to look like this, and I've got to look like that. Why can't I just look like me? And I happen to be curvy as long as the healthy is with it, and it's not yeah. putting your uh, life a thing. Who says I'm unworthy of being loved because I'm have got a few extra pounds or I'm curvy? Right. Right. So and, body image is know, huge. And, and some men may like thin women. Some men like yes. curvy women. So it's you know it's a matter of preference anyway. It's it's not. It's really what you're comfortable with and yeah. and what your significant others comfortable with. But you know we don't. And have some to people may love you not for the body at all. But right. for the heart and soul of you and just accepts this is the package it comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely as I've gotten older, I've really recognized the importance of that. You know, where it looks, you know, when you're younger, looks tend to be the most important yes. thing. And the older you get, the less important looks are. And the, you know, more importantly is is their vibe and their energy. Yeah. And, you know, whether whether I can can vibe with them really, it doesn't yeah. even matter what they look like. And I think, you know, it is what are you exuding? Because, you know, we can look at people and, you know, I live with a 90-year-old who's very, very wrinkled. She's a sweet little five-foot dark, feisty little thing with lots of wrinkles and people bend over backwards to do everything for her. She's actually a black belt and probably toss them over her shoulder still, right? <laughs> <laughs> but she's the sweet little innocent thing, you know, because of all the wrinkles, it's character, it's her life lived. Yet, for a woman like in her 40s, 50s, 60s, you get a, a man having gray hair or beginning to look a little more rugged and older is debonair. For a woman, you're an old bag. By whose standard? Right. By whose standard? Why can't we age gracefully? Why can't we age lovingly? And let the love of who we are be the what you see and not the wrinkle or two or the white gray hair that we were exactly i think you know, that's something that's really important yes take pride of who you are you know people say why do you wear makeup because i said i feel better at presenting myself with makeup i feel better about myself with makeup it's not a lot but i i prefer with it i like to dress in a way that represents who i am from the inside out yes but you know when you see somebody wearing something and it's like the clothes are wearing them they're not wearing the clothes. The clothes aren't an extension of who they are. Yes. They're in place of who they are. And what we're saying to you is wear something that you feel comfortable in that, that is an extension of who you are, that represents who you are. Yes. I think, too, um, when you when you fully start to own yourself, the self-acceptance, with self-acceptance comes self-confidence. Yeah. And self-confidence is a whole vibe. And, you know, confident is one of the most attractive qualities, I think, in anyone, yeah. no matter your shape, your size, your age, you know, confidence to me speaks volumes yeah. and it's so attractive. So, you know, if, if you struggle with confidence, it's you probably struggle with self-love as well. So that's mm. kind of a, a surefire way to, to maybe check your self-love. And a lot of people think confidence can be the borderline of conceit. And, and again, when people get conceited in their confidence, they're actually are insecure. When you're really yeah. confident in who you are, it never comes across as conceit. 
It just comes across as who you are. You're confident in who you are because you have taken the journey to meet that confidence, to develop that confidence. You know, it is something that that we will work at till the day we die because we're always in discovery of who we are tomorrow, what opportunities will present tomorrow. Um, I think the moment you rest on your laurels or become complacent, I think you start to stagnate. You know, the oxygen in our body, the blood in our body, the water in our body must constantly be in flow to keep the body going. As with the air and that, as with the energy needs to always be in flow. It doesn't mean that we have to be gushing waters all the time. We, you know, we could be a lovely stream, but if it's always that willingness to be able to flow forward and see things differently and learn something new and apply and expand. And I think that keeps us youthful. That keeps us wonderment. Yes. I consider myself a lifelong learner. Absolutely. I'm evergreen. I'm, I'm always trying to learn something new and it, it just makes you realize too how little you know <laughs> <laughs> and how, how, much- how there's so much to learn. Yes, but not in, oh God, I don't know anything. No, it's not a, a put down, you don't know anything. It's like, wow, I didn't know that. I want to know more. Again, yeah. change of attitude, right? You know, I, I went to go and see at IMAX yesterday the whole thing on Cambodia and Ankar, Andakar, which was an incredible city and infrastructure. Uh, that was back in the 1200th century that, you know, um, housed millions of people. And then one day it's gone. And it actually came because of droughts and then flooding. That's what we're getting right now. And eventually (laughs) they couldn't live there anymore because of the environment. But up until that point, they were a thriving community. And it's like, what do we learn from that? Why why do we dismiss things? Because it happened in the past. Why right. don't why don't we ask our aunts and our parents and our grandmothers the how they lived their life and learn some of their strengths, some of the things they went through? Because then we have a different appreciation of each other. Yeah. And that's something you've learned that you go, wow, I didn't know that. That's something I need to pay attention to as I walk forward in life. Yes. And I, I recently traveled to Paris for the first time. I did a solo trip for my birthday this year. And I will tell you, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about other cultures. Mm -hmm. You don't realize, you know, especially if you've never traveled out of your country, how different things can be. And it really opens your eyes to see things from a completely different perspective. Yeah. Yes. I've been fortunate enough to live in four countries and and travel about 30. And, uh, you know, I would say to everybody, you know, before they go to university or college or know what they want to do, go traveling. You know, it's that exploration of wonderment of what's out there helps you discover who you are and what's in here. Definitely. But we all need that hand, you know, like you realize life isn't working for you. You realize that your sense of lack and lack of self-care, love, appreciation, value is getting in the way of you um, finding that career you love, finding a relationship you love, just getting up every morning and just loving life, right? And when you're at that stage, it's realize I need help. I need somebody out there that's just going to show me how to put that step in front of each other, what to do, because that's what you're there. You're not there to walk it for them. Right. You're there to show them the steps they can take, but they've got to participate. And then there are steps that they can repeat in every aspect of their life and keep on walking. 
Yes. And it, it really is a lot of repetition. It's, yes. it's reprogramming. It's mm. just relearning how to love yourself all over again. You need a minimum of eight re- reprogramming to break one cycle, a minimum, right? So you've got to do something else eight times before you start severing or weakening the, the program link, depending how deep that program link is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, those affirmations of every morning, I'm worthy, I'm love, I'm this, I'm that. Keep saying it to yourself until it becomes a part of who you are. Yes, but don't just say it, embody it. I no, think embody it, affirmations yeah. for me, you know, I, I said them for a long time and thought, well, I guess they're helping. They may, they make me think positively, but it wasn't until I really started embodying them and thinking, not just saying the words, but thinking what those words mean and what they feel like. So when I say I am worthy, I think about what it feels like when I am most worthy, when I am most loved and I embody that feeling. That's how you're going to attract more of that into your life. Yes. You know, before we go, I want to touch on the plant-based things uh, because there's a lot of beautiful mushroom type um, I have things out there right now that I know I've, I've done a few shows on them and I have a, a daughter-in-law that um, uses them, which took away her anxiety and just opened up to more clarity. And, you know, we, you know, a, a mainstream media and especially pharma, you know, mm-hmm. wants to tell you that all of that is bad for you. Right. But they actually forget that there aren't the side effects like, you know, depression hurts. They take this drug. Side effect may be suicide. Right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, that these plant-based things that have been there as our holistic healing, mind, body, heart, and soul since the beginning of time is still here. We're just rediscovering it and rediscovering how to use it and having something that can help you get rid of the chatter or the anxiety or just bring you down a level that you now actually can open your eyes and see and feel. There's no harm in that at all. I highly recommend it. Yes. I I started with ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. which is a plant-based medicine um, that that a shaman would administer. And then I also tried a few others, including the mushrooms Mm -hmm. and they've, they've been amazing. They really help you get in touch with nature. They help you see the beauty in things. They just open your neural pathways so that you can think outside of the box. Yeah. What so box? You realize the there ain't no box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's not a drug. All right. it is, is, is it's just an opening. You know, some people say meditation can open you up and that's great if it can, but a lot of people can't meditate because of the chatter, 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 or the anxiety level is too high. Bring that down, then go try meditating because you will then truly go more in and be able to hear yourself. But sometimes just as they need a coach like you, they need other things that are going to help them along the way. We've got to be willing to step out of that dictation from everyone else and go, I'm going to do my own investigation. If something is is um, shown me, you know, I've got to make my own choice whether it's for me or not. But right. we're willing to try it Be open. instead of damning it because, you know, pharma said so. <laughs> right. <laughs> no side effect of death. Right. <laughs> I can't. I, I never understand that. How people actually no. think, go and take that drug. I just don't understand, you know, <laughs> but... There's always an answer, isn't there? Yes. 
Yes. And everyone's path is different. And what works for one person may not work for you. So you really do have to get out there and try different things and and be open to learning and growing. Yeah. You know, just, um, oh, my friend tried this and it worked for her and she felt absolutely fantastic. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. The chemistry, the this and that of of her body mind might be different, but that doesn't mean that you can't, A, try it, didn't work. And it's not, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. I'm never going to try anything else again. No, it's like when you're buying a pair of shoes, is the first pair of shoes you put on perfect? No, you generally try a few of them and go, these are comfortable, right? right? So be willing to explore. I think one of the worst things for humanity is when we forget or, or stop stop the wonderment, mm. right? That wonderment of life. I think when we stop the wonderment, I think that's when we start inwardly dying. Yeah. Because there's so many wondrous things out there, aren't there? Yes, I, I I have a bucket list that I actively try to check something off once a month. Once a year wasn't often enough. Right. So once a month, I have a bucket list. And, and to me, that's living my best life. Yeah. You know, yes. stepping outside of my comfort zone, trying something new and just experiencing life to the fullest. And of course, it doesn't have to be a big one. It's not a life changing bucket list. It could be just a small thing. Right. You know, I can't do the big one like go to Paris right now, but I can do these little ones. I can try this. I can do that. I can do that. And then, yeah, no, I didn't like it. Oh, my God. Why did I date so long? So it's again, it's that exploration. Explore yourself, explore yourself in different arenas, experience different things in life. It's exciting. It is. And life changes so much, right? You're not living apologetically anymore. You're not living in guilt. You're not living in having to forgive yourself because you're thinking differently or feeling differently. You can just embrace who you are, doing what you're doing and doing it authentically. Yes. That's the key. That's the key to happy living. I have never been happier and uh, I'm I'm working on a book called Having Your Cake and Eating It Too, <laughs> because yeah. I really believe you can have it all and you can be happy. You just have to stop looking outside yourself yes. and start looking within. I mean, why would you bake a cake if you can't eat it? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Right. So, yes. Now, go and have that piece of cake. You don't have to eat the whole cake. One piece at a time. But yes, you can have the cake. Right. And that's where did this come from that we can't have? Right. We can have anything and everything we want as long as we're being true to ourselves and not hurting anyone else along the way. Yes. Those are the code conducts. Nobody gets hurt in your exploration. Yes. And there may be some people disappointed because you're not that person anymore. Right. Yeah. If they're not celebrating, even if they don't get you, but they're not celebrating your joy, then they were the wrong people in your life in the first place. Yes. Thank you, universe, for showing me who those people were. Exactly. I I had to cut ties with some of those people, but there were people that weren't supportive of my journey and weren't happy for me. And those people are no longer my life. And I like to say they vibrated out. Yeah, exactly. You rose up to a higher frequency that they couldn't match. Right. So, you know, if we if we've got all these negative people around us, then look at your own vibration and go, what are you putting out? You want to turn it up and you don't know how you reach out. 
Misty's yeah. here for you to help you. Just take that journey, take those first steps. And then it becomes something that, as you said, you've changed the pattern so familiar that you'll take it into every aspect of your life and becomes a pattern that's serving you and not yeah. against you. Yeah. But we all need that someone along the line. I, I did it a lot on my own and I was there for other people. But yes. uh, you know, there, there wasn't thing kind of like the internet or all these coachings and there wasn't podcasts and all of that in my journey of life. Because yeah, I am 69, right? So it wasn't there in my transition. I had to kind of navigate in the dark. And like, if I tried to talk to people, they didn't quite get it because they weren't yeah. there and they weren't the people around. Oh, and now we've got so much resources now. There is no excuse right now. Right. Stop being unkind to yourself. Because that's really ultimately what you're being is unkind to yourself. That misery that you're living in, that disconnect, that I, you know, I don't feel worthy. That is being unkind to yourself. Start showing yourself some kindness and careness and go, I'm going to invest in me. And I need somebody that's going to help me on this path. And I'm worth that investment. Yes. The more of you out there in your beautiful illumination, the more we will see as a human race. Yes. So people want to join. How did they join? Where did they sign up? Yeah. And what's the process? When's your next program or is it ongoing? Yeah. yeah. So you can find me at mistyleboy.com, L-A-B-O-Y. And you can take the self-love quiz on there and also find out about my 12-week um, self-love program. I have all the details on there and you can schedule a free self-love discovery call so that we can chat about what's what's really holding you back from truly loving yourself unconditionally and, and we can get you started on your self-love journey. You know, and, and it is about, you know, rejection, doubt, uh, please, uh, image, who are you, neglect. You know, there's all of these things. If we haven't felt them all, we've at least felt some, and maybe some are more screaming at us than others. And what yeah. do we want to do? We want to change it, right? Whether it's just looking at the self-love or maybe first what I want to do is lose weight. You know, kind of just lose weight and feel better about myself and you want to start your journey there. Or it's like, you know, I've taken this journey to self-love. Now, how does my makeup or how does my attire reflect yeah. who I am today? And we don't expect you to know it all. That's the thing. It's not for you to know it all. It's for somebody else that's taken the journey before you that now has created that platform for you to walk. That's going to help you get there a lot quicker. And that you're going to go through different stages. It's not all piled at once. Wherever you're at, you can help them wherever they're at. Absolutely. But I love that, you know, take that. Lack of love quiz, you know, <laughs> and it will astound you. I used to have one called the view of life and take people metaphorically through a particular journey of life. And they realized how much of themselves was switched off or what they weren't paying attention to yeah. or what they were ignoring. That was actually saying here is the offering, but you've just slapped my hand. Right. And it's those external things that sometimes make it go, whoa, I yeah. didn't know. Okay. Now what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Call Misty, set up a time, have a chat, and I see where you're going that. to start, right? See where you're going to start. The best teachers are those that are the ones that have gone through it and now have created the steps that worked for them. They've created those steps for you, right? Those mm -hmm. are the best teachers. They understand where you're at and where you're going and where you need to be. You've got to be prepared to walk it, though. You've got to participate in your own healing. 
but Misty's here to help you along the way. So yeah, again, you know, you've got um, Misty at um, Laboy, so M-I-S-T-Y-L-A-B-O-Y.com. Um, on Facebook, your beauty, the number four, U-N, me, two. And then on Instagram, your Misty, lowercase, um, dash, Laboy. So people can find you on all of those. And uh, maybe they want to follow you to start off with and just see what you're at or just book that phone call. Um, start somewhere. Start yes. somewhere, right? Make 2024 your self-discovery of just how awesome and flossom you really are. I love it. Yes. <laughs> no more delay. Power. No more delay, right? Yeah. No more. Next year or this or, that, or when the kids grow up or anything else, now. Invest in yourself now. Yeah, and when you deserve changing, more. Yes. You deserve more in 2024. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the more you are, the more you serve others. It is not being selfish to be abundant. It is essential. Yes. It is essential. So thank you so much for being here today, Misty, and sharing. And I love your journey. And I love the way you've stepped into your own honesty, unapologetically. But the whole steps of illumination, how you've put it into a platform that other people can take, the, you know, the weight loss or the makeup, the, the self-love and all of it goes in together, but it doesn't yeah. matter what stage they're at and right. they can start taking those steps forward. It's forward. We want you to go, right? Yeah. That's the importance. So thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you for this opportunity. I really love your podcast and I can't wait to connect with your listeners. Right. And please reach out, folks. Please reach out. You know, yes, we're coming up into the Christmas period. And yes, it's, you know, everybody is busy, but you can just drop her a line or even start following her on the Instagram, on the Facebook, or just say in the 2024, I want to connect or take the love like test and mm -hmm. stew over that over Christmas and kind of start paying attention. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I'm not showing up there. I'm not caring there. I'm not kind there. And then when you talk to her, you can actually say, yeah, I need help. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to need help. It's okay to need help. And it's okay to ask somebody for it. That's what we're here for. Right? Thank you so much. My pleasure. Until next time, folks, folks, you are beautifully awesome. We want you to step into your light. So please do. Until next time. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted and we do hope that you enjoy the next show.